0: We flipped the labs around, brought all the first-year students through, trained all the first-year students um, in IM injection, and then we deployed them all. So at the end of the day, we, we had never planned to train our full student body, but we did, and I'm really proud of everybody in the School of Nursing for making that happen for our community.
1: That's Kelly Strout, director of the School of Nursing at the University of Maine. As the pandemic persisted and vaccines became available, They made the major decision to train virtually all of their students to be able to administer COVID-19 vaccines. To date, some 400 students have delivered some 12,000 vaccines in hospitals, shelters, correctional institutions, and schools, among other places. I'm Ron Lisnet, and this is the Main Question Podcast. Training to become a nurse is no small task, and there has never been a greater need for their services. Nationally, there is a predicted shortage of about half a million nurses moving forward. In Maine, that number is around 2,700 nurses. The experience of helping out on the front lines as vaccines were rolling out made a significant difference in getting more people vaccinated, reducing the risk for all. It also gave these students valuable real-world experience in what their lives and careers would entail. What does it take to become a nurse? What kind of trainings and experiences do these students get? What is being done to train more students to become nurses at UMaine and elsewhere? How can the shortage of nurses be addressed? And how can burnout in this intense and vital profession be avoided? Those are just some of the topics that Kelly Strout addressed in this episode of The Main Question. Well, Kelly, thanks for joining us. I know this is a busy time for you in particular and for, for everybody, but particularly for folks involved in the medical profession, I'm sure there's not enough hours in the day. But maybe you can, let's start here. Maybe you can give us an idea of what the last 20 months or so has been like for, for students, for people who teach nursing, for for nurses in general.
0: I think the best way to describe it is a complete emotional roller coaster. I, I remember, uh, I was sitting in my office, and we received the notification from the chancellor's office that we were going remote in March uh, 2020, and the whole our whole team met within 30 minutes to plan out exactly how we were going to support students through the transition to online learning and rethink the ways in which we teach nursing in every way. I mean, how will we convert our labs to online and... We were so engaged and just focused on a solution that no one really had any time to process what was about to hit us. So there was just a lot of energy that went into that. And then I remember there was a team from marketing that reached out and they wanted to talk to nursing faculty about about what it was like to teach nursing online because it's really not something we've ever done before. And about six of us went into this meeting. And honestly, this was about two weeks into the um, virtual online world we were living in, in March. And at one point he asked us a question and I can't even remember what the question was, but everyone in the Zoom room just started crying, all the faculty. That was, you know, it had kind of hit us what was coming. Uh, We were reading the stories out of New York. We were reading about how they were ordering extra freezers to store dead bodies and how overwhelmed the nurses were there and we were just anticipating the worst here in Maine. So that was a really low and scary part of just not knowing what to expect. We didn't know anything about this virus in the beginning and how it was going to affect all of us. But as time went on, uh, there was a lot of excitement, you know, in the fall when vaccines came out, we were so excited. And I remember the first day that we started vaccinating nurses and healthcare professionals in in December early December I started seeing pictures of my friends getting vaccinated and I started crying but this time it was more about joy and and just just a light at the end of the tunnel and our students were so excited to start vaccinating the public and you know the faculty we were just we were just everyone was on board so it's been um really a tremendous roller coaster of of exciting new opportunities, of you know bonding together, working toward a common cause, but then also you know fear, exhaustion, um, loss. So we we've been we've probably experienced every emotion imaginable over the past twenty months.
1: I have no doubt. Now. There, was, there were so many needs and such a shortage of medical folks. The, the School of Nursing made a decision to train the entire student body to try and pitch in. Can you talk to us about that? That sounds like a, a major undertaking.
0: Sure. It was, it was never our intention to train the entire school, but our, our stance since the beginning on the pandemic was to um, adapt and be flexible and work with the community to, to pivot, to support the community's needs. So initially when we were entering the spring of 2021, when vaccines were available, we had planned strategically to revisit and retrain all our students who are seniors in IM injections. Run them through labs, uh, have them complete the CDC trainings for the COVID nineteen vaccine, and that was all implemented into the senior year curriculum. So we were planning to deploy around a hundred nursing students, Well, we very quickly went through that supply. Um, you know, we've never been through mass vaccination at this magnitude before. So we we were sending students um, eight at a time. In, in, the, in the beginning to Northern Light Health to support their mass vaccination clinic. But then m- vaccination grew. We, we started partnering with PCHC, and Penobs- which is Penobscot Community Healthcare, and they were aimed at ma- vaccinating marginalized and hard-to-reach populations. So they were traveling to more remote locations, doing home-based injections, vaccinating individuals who are incarcerated in the jails, Vaccinating individuals experiencing homelessness who are staying in shelters, or maybe not staying in shelters, um, but we were going out to find people who needed the vaccine. uh, Traveling to senior housing sites to vaccinate our seniors in our community, and then also going to workplaces um, to make vaccine more accessible. And we really believed in this mission of of maximizing access to the vaccine. But to do this, we needed more vaccinators. So. I I will say that in 20 months, I've never been told no by the faculty for any any request or crazy idea that's come across this desk. So we we first moved to the junior year students and that's when they typically learn the IM injection. So by the time we knew we needed more um, vaccinators, they had already naturally been through that part of the curriculum. So we were able to deploy the junior students and then once we went exhausted that supply I went to the second-year faculty and you know they flipped their curriculum around to include uh, lab days for IM injection training and CDC trainings and then uh, when we were in need of even more vaccinators I moved down to the first-year students and we had a long discussion about you know should we include first-year students um, was it safe and we collectively decided that uh, it, was, it would, as long as we trained them properly, that it was a safe and um, important decision for our community. So we flipped the labs around, brought all the first year students through, trained all the first year students um, in IM injection, and then we deployed them all. So in, at the end of the day, we, we had never planned to train our full student body, but we did. And I'm really proud of everybody in the School of Nursing for making that happen for our community.
1: And so you're talking about more than 400 students. I think you gave me a figure at one point, more than 12,000 vaccines given. Talk about how the students have responded. And just to be clear, the training they get, they are fully qualified to administer vaccines like any professional nurse out there. It's not like they're learning on the job, correct?
0: Correct. Yes, we we train them all through our labs. And in our labs, we have the supplies and material. Uh, we have, you know, the pseudo Muscle pads, we have the needles, we take them through you know the the theory and the science behind the vaccination process, and then they're trained and then the other the other important piece to note is that while they're out in the community vaccinating they're also supervised by qualified registered nurses so they 're not just out there by themselves um, they're they're supervised at all times. Our students, while it was an extra Effort that they had to engage in in terms of the training. I think that it was really a light in the pandemic that our students had the opportunity to vaccinate our community. These clinics were very joyful. People were so excited to get a, a shot. You know, we don't see that very often in healthcare where you're just excited to show up to, um, you know, a nurse or a doctor or a hospital or any kind of healthcare facility, usually it's because you're sick, right? So the the, the, the population who are coming to get vaccinated, were just so grateful. They're so grateful for our students. Our students were just showered with gratitude and praise. I can't tell you how many people in the community have come up to me just to say how thankful they are that a humane student vaccinated them. So you know, they were living through history this period will be in history books, and they're living through a public health case study in epidemiology. Um, also, our students were part of the solution, part of the way out, which gave them tremendous purpose and The other really exciting piece that we just would have, could have never imagined happening is our the way the clinics the way we were staffing the clinics it could have there were many times where it could be a First, second, third, and fourth year student all together at the same clinic, being supervised by one of our graduate students. And I was at one clinic um, supervising, and it was so sweet because the first year students had their la- had a lab course in the morning, and they went to a vaccination clinic to vaccinate in the afternoon. And when they showed up, um, the upperclassmen were at the clinic also vaccinating, and the upperclassmen classmen started cheering for the first year students because they were just so excited that they got that opportunity. So. It's just it's been incredible. And the other the other benefit is that our students have been recognized in the media and at a larger scale across the university, which t- typically they're not. So um, overall, it's just been a really rewarding ex- experience for our students and our faculty.
1: Talk about some of the trends. There's, I, I imagine there's a growing need for nurses. What are the trends like in the program at UMaine? is interest growing? I know you have way more applications than folks you can take, right?
0: yes you know pre pre covid nineteen pandemic the United States was facing projected shortages of registered nurses as high as five hundred thousand or half a million and in maine uh we also were estimating shortages of twenty seven hundred nurses by twenty twenty five we this year, schools across the country nursing schools saw record uh numbers of applicants for nursing students. I think that was. In large part, contributed to the high media attention and recognition of nurses that you again don't often see. Uh, So, people, uh, potential prospective students, were viewing nursing as a career with purpose, um, a a career that you know quite frankly is seems recession proof, um, and in a career where the professionals in that career are just beloved by the public. So we did admit our largest incoming class at uh Humane Nursing and with under just under 130 students. Um so we did we also saw a record number of interest particularly among Maine students which we're really excited about.
1: So talk about the program here and how it's structured. How, how does one learn to become a nurse? How much is theory basic science and how much is learning the techniques and learning to diagnose and really getting your hands dirty uh you have a lot of clinicals and labs. I mean, it's uh, hundreds of hours that these students put in, right?
0: I think that it's really not well understood publicly uh, what the students have to go through to to be to earn their Bachelor of Science in Nursing. First of all, the first year of the curriculum is heavily science based. It is a bachelor. The students do earn a Bachelor of Science. They take several. Lab based science courses with the general education, humanities, and uh, math. And that's the first year is significantly focused on that. And then, de- starting in the second year, the nursing students um, start to engage in nursing courses. And by the fourth semester, they're almost exclusively enrolled in NUR courses. 79 credits of the 121 credits are nursing focused, but all of our nursing courses are infused with science, humanities, culture, quality, research. Uh, Everything is infused into each of our nursing courses. And then the other important piece that I don't think is often understood is that a nursing student enrolls in a clinical course for two credits okay so typically if you're enrolled in a two credit course you'll be in class two hours per week but for a nursing student that is actually eight hours per week so one clinical course at two credits is eight hours per week and so our students on average are in class clinical or lab for 26 hours per week and that doesn't include any studying time at all so it's it's And then those courses are very intense. So there's a tremendous amount of studying. So it's more than a full-time job just to be a nursing student.
1: So take us through the labs and clinicals the students have to do. How many hours? What do they learn? How do they learn it? And how ready are they to go out and do this for real once they've been through that experience?
0: That's a great question. We've been very strategic about how our curriculum is scaffolded. Our students start the their first nursing specific labs in the first year and that's designed to get them hands on in the field and also determine if nurse if they if they like the major that they chose so they they can have think about that early on once they start in the fourth semester a full schedule of nursing courses the way we have our labs and clinicals set up is Every adult clinical course has an associated lab and the labs are front loaded, meaning that students take many uh, lab hours at the beginning of the semester so that they can demonstrate all of their competency early on. That way, when they're out at clinical, they, when they're exposed to various skills and opportunities, they've already demonstrated the competency in the lab so they have more opportunity to practice and engage in those skills um, in, with real patients and direct patient care. In total, our students engage in 180 lab hours, and then what they do is they front load all the lab skills, they go to clinical all semester, they take all of their didactic courses, and then at the end of the semester, they perform a simulation, which is a standardized scenario that allows us to assess uh, their competency across lab, clinical, and class in a standardized way so we either use a patient a standardized patient which is an actor a patient actor who will who is trained to simulate certain medical um, conditions um, and you know certain behaviors and then the student uh, is assessed on their ability to respond and provide safe uh, evidence-based care or they're um, they're simulated using simulators but for the lay public it's it's a robot, essentially. So it's a mannequin that can talk, birth babies, have a heart attack, and then our students can practice in a safe environment on these simulators. The, our students complete a total of 750 clinical direct care clinical hours, so that is working directly with human patients in a wide range of settings, nursing homes, hospitals, jails, schools, across all populations, older adults, pediatrics, obstetrics, neonates and they are ready to graduate i mean they have the, the 750 direct care hours 180 lab and and simulation hours and then significant didactic coursework to prepare them and of course after they graduate they need to take a national licensing exam uh called the NCLEX and then they become registered nurses and then they move into most most of them will move into year-long nurse residency programs where they will continue their training as registered nurses in hospitals.
1: So talk a little bit to us about burnout. We hear so much about that going on in the medical field, nurses, doctors, other folks that, that work in, in that field. Do you talk about that with the students and, and what's, uh, what's that been like, you know, dealing with the, the pandemic? I'm sure that, you know, sort of gas on the fire a little bit uh, in terms of that.
0: Yes, we're we are seeing burnout across the board, even with our students, um, the students, faculty, staff, the nurses, all around us, and honestly, that has come fast and furious, and been layered on top of, you know, all these other challenges we're facing within the profession. You know, the the challenge to deploy staff students to support staffing in the workforce, the challenges to um, deploy students to support vaccination, the shortage of nurses that was already existing before before we entered this pandemic, the, the rigor of the curriculum and the challenges to get students through the curriculum. And then this burnout uh, came with severe intensity, to be honest with you. So what we're doing, I recently applied for a grant that we should hear about very soon, um, that would enable us to that would provide some funding for us to start to infuse strategies, mindfulness-based stress reduction, and other environmental strategies, maximizing the resources that we have on campus through the Campus Recreation Center, uh, through the Counseling Center, through the Student Wellness Center, but intentionally infuse those um, throughout our curriculum. And help guide the students through mindfulness-based stress reduction strategies so that when they graduate, they not only have the knowledge, skills, and ability to practice as safe and effective and evidence-based care, but they also have resiliency. They have mechanisms that they can control to support their own self-care and resilience and address the demands in the environment they're entering because at the end of the day we can't change the environment that they're going to enter into it's very stressful Um, the stakes are high it's also a very human emotion it's a profession with a lot of human emotion so you know you're going to feel extreme sadness potentially about the loss of a patient or circumstances in which you're 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 facing um, with patients in your care, so y- we need to armor our students with resilience, and so that's really the goal where we're heading in the next phase of this pandemic, fully starting in the spring. We've we've started to. Roll out some strategies for our students right now. We just hired a student success coordinator, and that and she's collecting data right now on you know our our students' common stressors, what resources that they that they feel they need um, to support their non academic success. You know the other part of the student that isn't just about you know their How they're doing in school and how they're performing academically but in the spring we really hope to intensify this so that our students graduate um in our in our resilient so that they can combat burnout because we can't have in this in this nursing shortage we're facing we can't graduate nursing nurses who then uh, burn out quickly because they don't have this the skills and the resilience that they need to face the demands of the environment
1: Everybody thinks of nurses as pretty much only working in hospitals, but they are in a lot of other places besides that. Can you talk about some of the other places where nurses are present providing care?
0: You know, if I had a dollar for every single time I tell someone where I work, they they say, oh, so you're not a nurse anymore? <laughs> um, I would be rich because people... You know, the society really envisions nurses as working in hospitals, but nurses are everywhere. We have nurses working in primary care, nurses um, caring for patients who are incarcerated in jails. We have nurses traveling to patients' homes who are homebound to provide, you know, wound care, medication management, um, assessments, hospice, um, supporting patients through peaceful end of life. We have school nurses who have just been completely unsung heroes throughout this pandemic. Um, they've been instrumental in contact tracing and to providing support for families and students and getting kids back to school. They've supported policy to support prevention of disease transmission of COVID throughout our school districts. And so nurses are everywhere and they, um, they're they really instrumental at a population level at preventing disease, um, improving chronic disease, treating uh, patients um, from a physical and um, spirit, psychosocial perspective, you know, in providing holistic care in all areas.
1: We've heard so much about the shortage of nurses out there. Um, what is being done to sort of address that uh, and recruit more people? Try to get more people into the profession.
0: UMaine system in two thousand seventeen uh, stated that we would double enrollments across all four of our campuses. Uh, there's been a so we've all across our our university system. There's been a um, concerted effort to increase enrollments. We need to focus on increasing faculty because we can take in more students but if we don't have qualified faculty to teach them both at the clinical setting in the labs and then in in didactic courses then we cannot respond to the increases in enrollments so we we have been having conversation with our healthcare partners about what different creative models we can um, engage in so that nurses could potentially they can work in the hospital Or in other settings, um, other outpatient settings, but then also be supported to teach a clinical section for the various universities. So there's a lot of effort underway right now to think more creatively about how we partner to meet the demands and the needs of the faculty in nursing education.
1: Your students maybe didn't sign up for being on the front lines of this pandemic, but there, there they were, right? Uh, has being involved in that way changed their thinking or uh, their thoughts about going into this profession? I'm sure it runs the gamut. Some are more gung-ho, and some are this is not for me kind of thing. So what is, has what is the range of reactions been like?
0: It's so interesting because you know, I go back to the first question you asked me. What's, you know, how have your, what how, is, how have the past 20 months been? And if you would have asked and I had these thoughts back in March 2020, Um, I was really worried about nursing students. I wasn't as worried about nurses exiting the profession at that time because, you know, we are at least trained and exposed to infectious disease and, and other, you know, wide ranges of medical conditions, you know, with some experience under your belt. But I was a little bit nervous about students just saying, never mind, I'm, they're too, you know, they're scared and just wanting to leave. And we we did not see a mass exodus of students. In fact, we didn't lose any students uh, throughout this entire pandemic due to the fact that they didn't want to be a nurse because they were fearful of the, of the virus or caring for patients and the virus. There have been times when our students we're nervous about contracting the virus. I think that has leveled off significantly with, you know, we have more knowledge about the virus, we have vaccines, we we know that masking works. So truly we haven't seen that. And in fact, in 2020, the summer of 2020, we offered to, we graduate students twice per year in May and December. So we offered to the graduates of the December cohort to actually complete all of their courses in the summer. And our faculty taught summer courses to make that happen. Um, and of the 35 students who were to graduate in December, uh, 29 opted to graduate early so that they could go and and fight, you know, the pandemic on the front line. We've really seen an ongoing commitment to the profession uh, from our students throughout this whole pandemic.
1: Look into the future. What do you what do you think you'll see? What do you hope you'll see as, as trends and things coming down the pike for, for nurses and teaching?
0: Well, as someone who is, you know, passionate and researches prevention and non-pharmacological interventions, and um, I truly believe that our public health infrastructure in our country and state was incredibly weak and underserved. And we saw that. We saw the implications of that in this pandemic. And so my hope and what I believe that we've learned from this is to invest significantly in public health and community health, value the role of public health nurses and, and nurses who work in the community, value prevention and behaviors that prevent disease, and um, see an, ex- an expansion of research in this area and see nurses excited about working in these fields that's really what I'm hopeful that we'll see in, in the next phase of our profession into the future.
1: Well, you guys are doing great work, and I know it's uh, recognized, and uh, we thank you so much for uh, sharing your story with us. Thank you. As always, thanks for joining us. You can find the main question in a number of spots, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, UMaine's Facebook and YouTube pages, as well as Amazon Music and Audible. Please consider subscribing to hear all of our episodes. Questions or comments, drop us a note at mainquestion at This is Ryan Lesnett. We'll catch you next time on the Main Question.